Okay, so thanks for coming on today. And, and hopefully this is going to be a really useful live stream and podcast episode, which is being recorded for everyone who is interested in applying to Bakers. Um, I certainly know that when I was going through the process, um, the ability to get answers directly from graduate recruitment was uh, something like gospel that you <laughs> every candidate was trying to find and the kind of um, secret source, if there was one, as to what, what, what recruiters look for in the process. Um, and luckily, we've got you today to hopefully answer some of those questions and to give a bit more of an insight into uh, everything Bakers. Um, but first things first, to people who may not have had the opportunity to meet you before or to know anything about you. Um, a great little iceberg question I like to ask is why did you sort of want to get involved within the realms of the legal profession and, and what's your sort of background to date? Um, yeah, sure. So I think it's um, what well, law is something which has always been really interesting to me. Um, and it is something which I considered as a career in the past. So I definitely do consider a career as a solicitor, um, which is something which I don't think is that uncommon um, kind of in legal graduate recruitment. Um, some of the, my colleagues, they've either qualified as a solicitor or they were interested in a career in law. Um, but after my A-levels, I was just in love with the subject of psychology. So I decided that I'd kind of see where that took me. Um, studied psychology, ended up doing a master's in business psychology. Um, and by that point, you know, I was totally sold on kind of the idea of psychology, why people do what they do, um, what motivates people. So I think graduate recruitment in law for me is putting those two interests together. So I still get to work alongside a profession that I really respect um, and I'm really interested in. But I get to do kind of the more people-focused side of it. Um, so yeah, I think for me, definitely the perks of the job are kind of the social aspect, meeting all of the applicants and um, getting to know the future trainees. Um, and then when they join, also getting to know them once they're actually in the firm. So there's that really lovely kind of interpersonal aspect of the role, which I think is really special um, and definitely one of the perks um, of it for me. I can imagine. And as, as someone who was kind of following the Instagram feeds when I was applying to the firm, seeing all these little social events that you get to go on, all these painting <laughs> classes, pizza making great. cocktails, that's yeah. certainly a perk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's also definitely one of the perks of the job as well. Um, I think now that I get to like plan them as well, I have to be careful not to just oh, kind nice. of plan things that I want to do. So, Design um, your own thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely yeah, one, of the, one of the good parts of the job as well. And I guess that really nicely leads me on to another question I wanted to ask you, which is essentially um, for people who are considering applying to the firm, what Bakers provides for training? Um, so as someone who's yet to join the firm I've already had the opportunity to attend the Christmas party which was really good fun um, and uh, you know have, have a little nice burger lunch before we started the LPC and rebonded with the cohort um, but you know beyond those nice little perks um, I think the why this firm question is almost uh, given on any application form so uh, in your view what is it that, that Bakers is really all about and can kind of provide to someone who's considering applying for for a firm? Um, I think that what you've said, and kind of to reiterate, the relationship between the applicant or the future trainee and the firm really does begin um, at that point that we make an offer. So we mm -hmm. do try and plan events between the training contract offer and actually the start date. So for example, mm -hmm. um, um, trainees who are completing the GDL, they all went for a Christmas lunch. And like you said, LPC students um, are invited to the Christmas party as well, which is a great way to mm -hmm. kind of integrate you into the firm. And so you can like get to know everyone. Um, and it's just yeah, a really great evening. Um, we also kind of do lots of um, LPC talks. So when you're doing the LPC, you can come in and learn about the firm and the different practice areas, um, which kind of gives you a much more um, in-depth knowledge of what they do before you submit your preferences. Um, so kind of, yeah, like you said, in the run up to starting your training contract, we try and have as many touch points as possible to teach you even more about the firm on top of all of the research that you would have done before applying. Um, but then during the training contract, um, I think that one of the things that Baker McKenzie is quite well known for is their secondments. Um, so we pretty much, well, it's, if you apply for a secondment, there's a 90% um, or 90% of trainees who apply for a secondment do get one um, at, at their chosen location. 
And one of the perks of being such a global law firm is that the variety of places which you can go to on secondment is, is kind of limitless. So we've had people mm. go to Sydney, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Dubai, New York. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a really, really great opportunity um, to enhance your knowledge as a trainee, but also just meet loads of different people and learn lots about different jurisdictions. Um, and then when you do kind of bring that knowledge back into the firm, you're kind of that person who knows about that jurisdiction in that location, um, which is really impressive as well. So a great way, great way to impress in each of your seats um, across the training contract as well. Yeah, for sure. I was speaking to a partner yesterday, Ben Algrove, who was telling me all about the different opportunities that they have at the firm. Um, I, I think he said that he sort of recently been traveling in Vietnam and said that that was a, a really cool place to go. Um, and just the idea that, like you say, you could kind of just pick and choose what it is that, that really appeals to you um, was actually one of the main reasons I really wanted to apply it because I was kind of looking for that um, international element and I think secondments are certainly a really big opportunity for trainees to like you say get really involved and to and to learn some new things really. Yeah no 100% I think that um, also working alongside the clients so Ben Algrove for example mm -hmm. as well he's got some really really high, like exciting clients um, and the firm in general has some really nice high profile exciting um, work that they're involved in and so the clients comments as well such as Google, Unilever, Amazon yeah it's really exciting um, exposure to the in-house legal teams of the clients which is yeah another another great thing which I'd say Bakers has to offer. For sure. Um, and outside that international element as well, um, like we've kind of touched on um, so far, like the idea of just the diverse and inclusive culture and um, the idea that it's kind of a real collaborative workspace. Um, I mean, I even got that impression alone at the assessment center. Um, so when I rocked up, I was really nervous and like most candidates and just the whole day kind of went in a bit of a blur anyway, but the whole time it was you know really well supported by uh, graduate recruitment like yourself, all of the trainees who came in for lunch, um, even the partner interview, which is stereotypically meant to be very scary, uh, was actually very laid back. And I think we talked about football for, for 20 minutes <laughs> it, um, as part of my CV. Uh, but no, just just that whole working culture, I think, is another one of the, the, key, the key proponents of the firm as well. Yeah, definitely. And actually, a lot of people who work in graduate recruitment have worked at different firms. So they have maybe a bit mm -hmm. more of um, kind of they know the, the strengths of the different firms. And one of the things which so I've actually only worked at Baker's. So maybe I have somewhat taken it for granted because I kind of think <laughs> that it's just the way that um, a law firm can operate. But a lot of people who do come in for um, assessment centers, it is kind of something that they highlight that it was just a really friendly experience. Um, and actually, they're quite surprised that like the day was really nice. I felt really kind of calm and like looked after. Um, but that's something which I think as graduate recruitment, we focus on a lot as well, because we don't want people to feel under pressure. I think that it's quite mm. um, obvious that if people feel scared, they're not going to kind of perform their best. So that's definitely something which we focus on during assessment centers to try and make sure that we can get the best out of candidates as well. For sure. And um, we've hinted at there with assessment centres. Um, and I know that obviously right now things are changing. It's not quite uh, the usual when it comes to um, recruitment processes. But um, if a candidate is looking to apply, there's obviously a few kind of tests that you go through to um, understand what the candidate's all about and see what they'd be like at, um, as a fit for the firm. So for someone who's interested in applying, what's the sort of beginning to end route for someone to submit an application for a training contract, say? Um, so it starts with the online application, like most um, law firm applications do. do yeah. um, and it is, you know, not going to kind of lie. It is quite a lengthy process. It does take time. Mm. But um, I'd say that it is the time that you put into these applications does pay off. So it is worth it the more time you put in and the more you care, you know, think about that online application and kind of make multiple drafts. Um, it will pay off eventually. 
Um, so after the online application, you'd be invited to an online test, which is a Watson Glazer. Um, following the Watson Glazer, um, it's a video interview, um, which is five questions. Um, so yeah, you're, you're presented with a question and then you have to record your answer. Um, and then following that is the assessment center, um, which yeah, has multiple components, including um, an associate interview, a partner interview and a case study, um, a group exercise and a document review exercise. And I guess the killer question is throughout that whole process, what is it that you as graduate recruitment or just the firm more generally are really looking for from a candidate? Is there a blueprint to the perfect candidate that you're kind of looking for or is it kind of a mix of different different factors? Um, definitely there is no there's no perfect candidate um, it, it, mm -hmm. it, I think like you touched on with um, Baker McKenzie being such a diverse um, firm and it's diversity and inclusion is so integral to our culture and basically how Baker McKenzie was developed was you know on the foundations of diversity and inclusion so there's definitely no such thing as kind of a perfect candidate um, we recruit a range of individuals all with something different to offer um, we definitely will look for all-rounders so someone who someone who is really strong across the board um, you could be amazing at a case study and incredibly analytical but if you don't also have those team working skills then it's unlikely that you're going to be successful through the whole process and kind of see it see it through to the end um so it, we definitely do look for all-rounders um and mm. like a lot of law firms as well we do have a framework of competencies which we look for um and kind of people who are consistently high across each of those competencies is something which is really really important um but also yeah people who can bring something different um so across kind of the technical ability the um kind of humanity so those teamwork skills um and demonstrating interest in diversity and inclusion as well something which is really important to us um, kind of that, um, we also look at a lot of commitment to law, so people who have um, been to events or networked or kind of like gone above and beyond to show that law is a career that they're really, really passionate about um, is another thing which is something which we pick up during the application process. But um, I think, yeah, there's, there's lots of different things that we'll look at and draw on and kind of consider. So, yeah, there's definitely no blueprint or um, kind of perfect candidate. And it is very much um, a case by case basis, if that makes sense. For sure. And something you kind of touched on there that I wanted to pick up on um, that we've talked about in the past when we did a webinar with Gordon Chung was the idea of diversity, um, also not just from background, but also in thought patterns and styles and kind of personalities as well. So um, it's actually less productive to have, say, you know, 25 alpha types in a room all trying to get over each yeah. other and um, brute force a problem like that. No, definitely. Um, I think that um, our trainee intake is incredibly diverse um, in terms of a range of different factors, but especially kind of that cognitive diversity is something which um, is I think being picked up on a lot more now as well so the people mm. having a different way of thinking and also kind of in not in personality type as well sometimes if you've got a room full of extroverts it could actually be um, quite, quite overwhelming so yeah. it's important to have that balance and actually have trainees who really really do kind of demonstrate a range and range of different skills um, and it often ties into where they'll be um, strong um, as we are quite a we've got a lot of different practice areas a lot of different work can be done and there is most likely a type of yeah a type of work which would suit different personalities and skill sets as well and we're very aware of that throughout the recruitment process so talking about the process then um i can't imagine how many candidates you must have interviewed or applications you've read i'm sure the number's <laughs> at least in the hundreds if not thousands um, and so you've kind of got a great, you must have seen a huge range of different types of applications and all sorts of different backgrounds applying. Um, throughout your experience, what are some of the really common kind of misconceptions or mistakes that candidates make, say, at the written application stage when they're trying to justify their motivation for applying and kind of giving their experiences in detail? 
Um, I think that there's kind of the basics, which um, I always do say, and it does kind of seem like really obvious, but the number of times that it still crops up makes it kind of just seem like something which I have to mention, which is spelling mistakes and grammar issues. Um, mm. And I know people kind of take that as such an obvious thing, but the number of times that um, you know people either spell Baker McKenzie wrong, so they put Baker and then McKenzie with a lowercase k, it's, um, mm -hmm. it, it's, 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 kind of infuriating to read as well because even if it's a fantastic application but it's kind of riddled with those errors you, as a graduate recruiter as well you just kind of want to you kind of want to like say to the to the applicant like oh just double check your application get someone else to read it <laughs> yes yeah, so just do something to yeah like make get someone else to read it or um, at least yeah put it on word and do a spell check um so mm -hmm. yeah that's something which is surprisingly common um but i also think that getting the facts right on a firm is really important so something which mm -hmm. um of course, doing research on the firm is something which is integral to your application, um, but mm -hmm. making sure you do get the facts right, I think, is something which is very important. So making sure that you're drawing information from the most recent source. Um, mm -hmm. So just a little example would be that we re recently ranked fifth in the social mobility um, index. And a lot of people still quote kind of the old figures, which was um, 11th which was last mm -hmm. year. And while it's clear that someone's kind of done their research, um, I just really recommend making sure that you've got that most up-to-date research and kind of you really fact-checked your application because we know the facts. <laughs> so if something yeah. isn't quite um, right, we would be able to pick up on it. Um, and kind of in line with that as well, a really obvious tip, but when people do change the name of the law firm, if they then don't double check mm -hmm. the rest of their application, um, it's all in line with what Baker McKenzie stands for or their culture or even things like how many seats we offer throughout the two-year training contract, um, we will pick up on that. And I think that's another quite mm -hmm. common mistake that we see in the application process. Absolutely. And I must say, I fell victim to a few of those in my first year. <laughs> well. um, so I've been there from experience. It, happens. Say it happens to everyone at some point. I think it does. I think <laughs> it's just a bit of trial and error and trying to figure out what, what it's all really about, really. Yeah. Um, and then going on from that video interview. So um, from experience, I think a lot of candidates um, have never really tried these before because it's a bit of more of an unconventional interview technique than, say, what you would do for a retail job or um, something else that you might have experienced whilst you're doing at university. And I think the idea of just kind of speaking to a webcam um, and, and not being in the room with the interviewer can sign a be a bit disconcerting really um i've heard all kinds of horror stories about people you know <laughs> not wearing the right stuff lower down on all kinds of things like that but um aside from those anomalies what's your sort of tips and advice for um kind of really getting the video interview stage down yeah video interviews they always seem to be the part of the process that cause kind of fear in applicants um mm. so when i do an application workshop i move on to video interviews and i say like oh has anyone done them does anyone enjoy them everyone's like in horror so i do think that um, <laughs> they seem to cause the most kind of um stress amongst applicants but what there are a few kind of tips that i think going into it um do help definitely um the first one would be to prepare for it like a real interview um i think that there's a lot of pressure because there is kind of the knowledge that you do you can do it when you want you can do it when you feel most comfortable you can kind of um i mean if you feel a bit stressed in the morning then you can wait till the afternoon and i do i mean so there are we take that on board as well that it is kind of meant to be uh, a nice process for the applicant as well but um, obviously it is that kind of lack of face-to-face um, -face interaction so yeah kind of preparing for it as if it was a real interview is something which um, I definitely recommend um, and also really maximizing the time so if you are given 90 seconds which is what we um, give in our video interviews for your answer um, I'd really recommend maximizing that because if you cut it off at kind of 50-60 seconds to us it demonstrates that 
that is kind of what you could fit into that answer and we, mm-hmm. it's like there's extra time for you to kind of showcase your skills or showcase your talents and why Baker McKenzie and why you'd be a great lawyer um so mm-hmm. for us we say definitely maximize the time um and really do your research again so yeah it's preparation is really 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 key for video interviews um I think one of the other things is that if you do kind of have that fear and it probably happens to everyone at some point where you've kind of you don't know what else to say yet you do have 30 seconds left is to kind of draw it back to the question because um mm-hmm. i think a common mistake in video interviews is for people to have prepared all these perfect answers and then when a question comes up that they're not expecting they just try really hard to kind of fit this answer to a question that just doesn't really work um yeah. so I'd definitely go back to the question really think about it and kind of worst case scenario draw it to why law and why Bacon Kenzie and how you can kind of develop the answer in that sense so that you are still mm-hmm. saying something valuable. And then finally, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, which I think also trips quite a few candidates up, um, at least I did in my experience trying to get used to it, um, is the group exercise and the idea of how you kind of should fit yourself within this dynamic of um, being in a room, you know, aware that there are other candidates there and you know, wanting to sell yourself but at the same time, trying to make sure you contribute in the right way and uh, making sure you say enough things and all sorts. So, um, I mean, the one piece of advice I always give is that speaking more doesn't necessarily always mean that you're doing better than everyone else. And um, you have to be selective um, in that sense. But from the recruitment perspective, when it comes to the group exercises, what is it that you try to look for in candidates and what's the sort of purpose behind that, that element of the test? Um, so interestingly, I think that people, while the group exercise is the part of the day which does focus on teamwork, um, as opposed to other parts, so the, the case study, it's difficult to assess teamwork in the same way, the associate interview, it's difficult to assess teamwork in the same way. Um, so I think teamwork is the number one thing which we are really looking at um, and how you do interact with other people. But I think people then also kind of tend to forget the other things that are going on. So for example, analytical ability is something which can also be looked at in a case study. Um, So kind of how you interpret the data and how you then communicate that with other people in the group, that is something which is being picked picked up on by the assessors. Um, So it's not just teamwork. Um, I think you also, with the group exercise, you do kind of have people who they've they've done their research and they do take on a role, which is really important, Um, but they'll come in and they'll say, I'll keep time. And that's kind of that like go-to thing, which I think people are told to do in a group exercise. And that's brilliant if you do keep time. <laughs> so I think one yep. of the mistakes <laughs> that we tend to see in group exercises is someone really racing to say that first um, and then not keeping time very well. And it gets to kind of the last few minutes and we end the, the group exercise and people are kind of surprised that they didn't have an extra five minutes. Um, yep. So my number one tip would be if you're going to take on a role like timekeeper or scribe is do it well. Because um, if you don't take it on and then you're able to contribute in a different way, then that that mm. team member can still do well because what the role that they've taken they've really really done well at um so mm. if you are going to take on a role make sure you do do it really well um it's kind of yeah if you're going to take on the responsibility then demonstrate that that's something which you can do and you can be trusted by your teammates um otherwise kind of make sure that you take a different role maybe the one who's slightly more analytical mm. or someone who um, leads the group a little bit more or is more focused on the goal um so yeah there's a lot of different roles you can take but make sure you actually do it <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> no, absolutely I can imagine um, yeah, getting caught up in the moment and forgetting what you've said at the beginning so um, that's really important uh, but thanks for sharing all those little tips and insights I'm sure people listening who are um, considering replying or perhaps have uh, interviews coming up or something like that will find that really useful
Thanks so much for listening to another instalment of the Morphin Law podcast. If you want to keep up to date with the show and make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and sign up to my newsletter over at www.harryclarklaw.com. You can also follow me on your most social media channels at the handle Harry Clark Law. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating and a review on the iTunes store as this helps others learn about the show and be sure to share it with your networks. You can also support the show by donating to my Patreon, which helps support the running and production costs of the show. For now though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.